Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. The name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. All the nations may walk in the name of their gods, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. Lord our God, other lords beside you have ruled over us, but your name alone do we honor. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Let's pray. Father, forgive us when we have misused, taken, carried your name in vain. We come repentant this morning. We come confessing our need, our desire, our hope in you. As we have sung, we declare your worthiness. We declare your glory and your honor through our praise. And my prayer is that that has not been in vain, but the cry of our heart to honor you. May we learn today from your word. May your spirit speak through me and into every heart here today and online with us that your name will be revered and honored and glorified in all that we say and do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, again, welcome on campus. Welcome online. It is great to have you with us. My name is Jonathan, and we are continuing today in our series, Top Ten. This has been our summer series over the last several weeks and we'll continue for just a few more. So if you're new today, just joining us here in the room or, or online, here's what we've done real quick. We've talked about no other gods, that there is one God worthy of our worship and he's jealous for our attention. He deserves our attention, our adoration, and our focus. Then we talked about the Sabbath, the importance of rest and refueling and how God modeled that. And planted that into our spiritual rhythms that we should honor that. Talk about honoring our parents, those who lead us and take care of us and nurture us and honoring them well. Talked about lying and deceitfulness and half-truths and how we mislead and misrepresent ourselves and God. And the importance of speaking and representing the truth in authenticity. We talked about coveting and Importance and difficulty in this culture today of being content rather than coveting and trying to keep up with the Joneses. We talked about adultery and the importance of purity and faithfulness to our spouses and the covenant that we made with them in front of God and witnesses. And then last week we talked about murder, a very challenging, complex subject. Like all of these kind of surface, but then there's a whole lot more below the surface, but ultimately the sanctity of life and how God values that, and we should too. And so today, we arrive at the commandment of not taking, caring, misusing, we'll talk about all that, the Lord's name in vain, but knowing, respecting, and caring God's name in an appropriate way, which will leave just two more weeks in our summer series, we'll talk about stealing and idolatry. But I'm just, I'm excited, I'm honored to share today, um, and what may be, not just because I'm preaching on this, but maybe... Um, of the Ten Commandments, one that is of the utmost importance and one that we may neglect more than we realize or break more than we realize. 
and honoring and respecting God's name. So names matter, right? We all have one. They're a big deal. We spend, in some cases, in our families and with our spouse in those early days, our first child's coming along, and, and man, we sweat over what that name should be. We want to get it right, you know, and maybe you don't want to be, have that most common name. You want to have something unique, but bottom line is we spend a lot of time with it. Our names are part of our identity. We use them to identify ourselves in introductions and relationships. It's how we often begin a relationship. Just by introducing ourselves, we say, hello, my name is Jonathan, or whatever your name is. I want to uh, kind of illustrate just the, the, the value and the importance of names and, and how they can mean something to us, especially when we are walking into a newer environment. Um, whether we realize it or not, deep down, there's this desire in all of us to be known. We, we want to be noticed, some more than others, you know, but at the end of the day, we're made for relationship, and so being known is super important, and that kind of starts with a name. So it was my fresh, going into my freshman year at Cincinnati Bible College in Cincinnati, Ohio, I'd just come out of high school and come out of a very comfortable, known environment. You know, I had my friends, they knew who I was, all of a sudden into this new environment where I was just one of many unknown college freshmen coming into orientation. That was a small private school, so we're not talking about thousands. We're talking about just a few hundred incoming freshmen. Um, so relatively small group of people, but nonetheless, a few hundred incoming freshmen. And one of the things that they did was to, uh, we, we went into the gymnasium and sat on the bleachers, just in random order, but shoulder to shoulder in rows across the bleachers in the gym. And then they introduced... Uh, one of the well-known, been there for years, English professors, his name was Ron Henderson. And the room got quiet, and Ron began, I believe maybe in the back row, right up in the top corner, and began going down each person, naming them by name, and introducing himself. And you're thinking, oh, there's no way he's going to remember all these names, especially when he gets to me, you know. And then he looks me square in the eye, and he says, hello, Jonathan, welcome to Cincinnati Bible College. And what he had done, and apparently he did this every year for the incoming class, was he would memorize every name and face of the incoming freshman class. And it was just a wow moment, you know, in that sense of, gosh, this guy took the time just to know my name. And it meant something. And, and at that moment, it just sort of broke the ice and made me feel a little bit more at ease into coming into my freshman year. It's just amazing. And it, it reinforced to me the value and the importance of learning each other's name. Now we're, we've been talking about, we're going to elevate this around here. Um, it's so important that when we get together with other people that we can refer to each other by name. So we're going to do na name tags more often. You'll see that maybe even on Sunday mornings, um, but get to know each other by name. It's so important. So they're tied to our reputation. So beyond just a relationship, they, they represent, uh, they're our reputation and, and even our legacy. And so we may say to our kids, I may say to my kids, that it's important to handle yourself appropriately because you are representing this family. You may have had that conversation with your kids at some point. Um, just reminding them of the importance of when you're out doing your thing, remember whose name you are carrying. In our case, the Colbert name, Colbert. Now, today, you know, everybody says, is it Colbert, you know, because of the Stephen Colbert show. And it's just, just Colbert, just good old Kentucky. Colbert grew up in, my dad grew up in Trimble County. And I don't know that, I haven't done the Ancestry.com. I know some of you are really into that, which is cool. 
I don't know the real origin of our last name, Colbert, but I know that our son, Braden, who's about to turn 20, believe it or not, some of you are looking at me like, how do you have a 20-year-old son? Um, next month, he'll be 20, and, uh, and he is the namesake for our for our family. Braden will, has the burden, the responsibility of hopefully carrying on the Colbert name. And if you know Braden, one of the things about him, if you're around him for very long, is his competitive spirit. Christy and I noticed this early on. I believe it was probably when he either started playing kickball in the yard with his buddies or more specifically when he got into basketball and uh, hated to lose. Not nobody likes to lose, but like he really hated to lose or to do poorly. He loved to win. In fact, he subscribes to the Ricky Bobby, anybody, the Ricky Bobby school of thought that if you ain't first, you're last, brother. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, there ain't no second place. There's no runner-up trophy. There's no participation trophy. Braden has never, even though he's of this generation, he's never subscribed to that thought. It's that if you're not first, you're last. And so that would play out on the basketball floor, which was fine when he was playing AAU ball, because it's all about winning, you know? And we wanted him to experience that higher level of competition. He was really into that. But then he also, and you guys remember some of you when we were in the old building and for a while we had a gym and we did church league basketball, um, which, you know, just unfortunately brought out the worst in most of us, you know. Uh, and, and this was where this, this legacy, this carrying the name thing really got challenging. Um, as we saw our son, you know, merge into this church league basketball with his AAU attitude. And it was all about winning rather than being that good sport. And we had to remind him multiple times in the car on the way home, that's not how you carry yourself. That's not how you carry the name. And when you're on staff at the church where your son is playing in that league, it just gets a little, little crazy. But uh, that just was the early a uh, reminder for our son and for us the importance because it mattered and it really did you know we we have to live up to a perception it's just just the reality not just if you're on staff but because of who we are as believers and we'll talk more about that so while it was important for Braden and our kids to represent and carry our family name with dignity and respect and honor it is much more Important for him and for you and I to carry God's name with even greater dignity and respect. We carry the name of all names on our forehead, in our life, in our heart. And so when we consider the fact as believers, we wear the name of God, we represent his name, that comes with huge responsibility and requires us to know him and respect him, and to carry him. So we're going to talk about those three things in a little while, because that's what we need to do. But let's spend some time reflecting on this commandment, which tells us what not to do. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. So unfortunately, as believers, again, we don't always do well with this area. And we're surrounded by a culture who blatantly disrespects and misuses and blasphemes God's name. Either out of just ignorance or even rebellion. Bottom line, of all the Ten Commandments, this one may be the one broken the most on a daily, moment by moment 
basis. So what's that look like? How do we, how do we break this commandment? Well, let's, let's look at it here again. It says, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. So we're going to focus on the first half of this first, okay? And the word misuse, a key word uh, in this passage. Now, that's the word in the New International Version, which is a common current translation along with some others. Um, in older translations, maybe going back to the New American Standard, if you use that, or even the King James, you would find the word take. And the most Basic understanding and common application of this is in our speech. We think of this commandment is don't speak when we use the word, when we think of misuse or or take, that it's referring to our speech. Don't use God's name in the context of cursing and and swearing, right? We all know what I'm talking about, so I'm not going to use examples, but we we understand that. We all, you know, kind of get the idea of what this looks like when we break it in our speech. Now, Maybe somebody in this room or, or online refers to or lives by this doctrine or this belief of, I love Jesus, but I just cuss a little bit, you know? It's just, it just comes out, and that's what I do. Um, there's a lot worse things, right? And I'm not going to uh, harp on that much, but the, the more maybe common thing for maybe many of us are, are these euphemisms and Christian euphemisms. Here's some examples. My, my goodness. We'll say that a lot. Or goodness gracious, or golly, gosh, good grief, Charlie Brown, you know, that's a common one. Gee whiz, sheesh, for crying out loud. Uh, Roy Williams, if you're a basketball fan, for uh, uh, head coach for years for North Carolina. If you watch any interviews with Roy Williams, now like a lot of, now I'm not going to throw coaches under the bus, but when the talk, you can talk about foul mouths. <laughs> you read a lot of lips on the television, these coaches. In the interviews, they have to dial it back. And so Roy Williams' euphemism that he uses the most often is dad gum. Dad gum. D-A-D-G-U-M. All right? That's, that's how he gets around. Or dog on. I say dog on it a lot. Dog on it. You know? Or anybody uh, raise their hands. Um, this was from my grandma up in Trimble County. I'll swan. Anybody? Okay couple i'll swan i don't know where in the world that came from but or what it's a euphemism for that was one and then uh in my family current family it's sure enough sure enough you know and that's just how we sort of in uh we we express ourselves and those those come in both you know frustration and uh, we're amazed at something, and we just, you know, spout these words out. And I'm not going to go down the rabbit trail of whether we should use those euphemisms. There's some debate on that, and you may have your convictions on that. I will say, though, this. That no matter what it is we say or do is check the heart, right? That's the kind of the underlying theme of this whole series. We talked about it last week. I mean, how many of us have actually murdered somebody, rare if any, in the room, but have we had murderous thoughts? Do we have a, a murderous heart? Have we ever wished something on someone? So whatever it is we say, is it a reflection deep down of our heart? And, and here's, the, here's the real issue, or the core of this passage, is while there's certainly grace, right? I mean, <laughs> more than we deserve, whether it's in our speech or our actions, when you start attaching the name of God 
to these words or phrases or anywhere. You start attaching his name, a line has been crossed. It's very dangerous to the person who knows better. So let's, let's go back again to that passage in the second half. For the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. God takes this extremely seriously. Um, he wants us to revere and honor and respect his name. When we use it out of frustration or in spite or cursing, uh, it doesn't honor him. And, and so what about, just to spend a little bit more time on examples, this one. The OMG, if you're on social media right away, um, maybe, maybe one of the most used shorthand expressions on social media today. And I mean, when you talk about flippancy and just lack of respect, we throw this thing around like it is nothing. And that's the problem. And so here's, here's the, the thing. The, the phrase in and of itself, and, and if you're still wondering, oh my God, oh my God. Those words can be worshipful, right? We can use that word in a song of expression of worship and a way of revering God, or we can turn right around and use it in a way that misuses and blasphemes God's name and dishonors him. And so when it's an expression of frustration or surprise or just used in a reckless and flippant way that at best shows Again, we're, we're talking about, for some, just absolute ignorance, okay? Um, but for us, I think many of us, um, when, when we understand the importance of God's name, and it's a conscious disregard, a knowing disregard for the God of the universe, and this command has been broken, and the name of God, get this, has been emptied, has been emptied of its significance. We can do that. Yes, God is all-powerful, but we can empty his name of its significance and how we misuse it. And when we throw it around in social media and phrases and just not give it a second thought. So bottom line, we misuse or take God's name in our speech, which in many of you may be saying, okay, I understand those illustrations and, and at times you have struggled with that, but more often than not, I get it. And, and I revere God's name. I don't speak it in vain. And that's good, but let's go a little bit further. We also misuse or take God's name in vain in our actions and the way we carry and misrepresent his name that we are wearing. This is where the extended meaning of misuse becomes carry. And so we could express the commandment like this, do not carry the Lord's name in vain. In fact, some Hebrew interpretations would put that name in place of misuse or take and say carry. And this is where we begin to really examine not just what we say, but how we live. Paul writes some confrontive words to the Jewish people in Romans 2 regarding their not living up to what they are telling everyone else to do. They've emptied God's name and his law of its meaning because they are not following themselves. Paul says, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. In other words, because, Jewish people, you are not living up to the name you claim to carry because you are more concerned about keeping the law instead of knowing the lawmaker because you are saying one thing and doing the other. Your efforts to reach the Gentile people, the Gentile nations, are empty and they are blaspheming 
speaking irreverently about God, the God you claim to serve, and it's because of you. And so let's gut check for a minute. How are we representing God? How are we revering him to others? Are others speaking highly of God and revering his name because of what they've seen in you or quite the opposite? And that's where it really becomes important for us to check ourselves when we leave this place. We shout our praise, we sing our worship, and then just like Paul talks about, or James talks about the double-minded person, then we go out and speak his name in a way that is quite the opposite of worshiping it. And people pick up on that, and they see it in our lifestyle by our impatience and our frustration and our anger and our lack of love and empathy for other people. They're like, the name you're wearing, if that's who you represent, then yeah, um, I'm not for that. So what should we do? That's how we break the commandment and we have a problem with that. What do we do to correct that? Um, How do we honor God's name? How do we respect and avoid breaking this commandment? Well, let's start here and we looked at this earlier. The first thing, know his name. We talked about the importance of knowing our names together in the beginning of relationship. Well, of course, the same thing applies with God. Know his name. Yes, it's God and much more. Remember the video at the beginning? That was just a quick glimpse of the many, over 300 names of God throughout Scripture. Now, those are good to know and understand and all the various Hebrew words that identify the nature of God from his provision to his power and to his deliverance. But I'm talking about really knowing God, right? So once we get past the name part, like it's good to know somebody's name, but we can know somebody's name and not really be in relationship with them, right? We can just have that sort of surface get to know you type thing. But but let's talk about getting to know God on a much deeper level, a relationship, experiencing firsthand who God is. Knowing God is creator, not just of this universe, but creator of you and me personally, One of my favorite, if not the favorite passage in scripture for me is always Psalm 139, where David expresses this so beautifully in verses 13 and 14. He says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. That sounds like a personal relationship with God our creator, our father. So know his name, know him as creator, then then know him as provider. Remember how he provides, acknowledge how he provides your, my daily bread at just the right time. Know him as deliverer, out of bondage into freedom, out of sin into righteousness. This is the God of the Old and New Testament who delivers us from our sin. And know him as holy. Man, that was, that was just embedded throughout our worship so far today. The holiness and the worthiness, the name of God. And it's because he's set apart. He's holy. That, that's, the, that's the idea of holiness. God's holiness is set apart. It was, it was such that no one could, could even approach God in the Old Testament. If you're familiar with the sacrificial system of the Old Testament, I mean, a high priest like Aaron is the only one that could that could even approach God on behalf of us. And glory to God, because, and through Jesus, we have access to God now. We can know him not just as creator, as this omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, powerful, all-knowing God. We can know him intimately as 
our Father. That's amazing. That, that should just bring us to a place of awe and wonder, woefulness, and hope because of that relationship. So know his name. Know him intimately because that's what he wants with us. And then honor his name. Honoring God's name requires us to know it, and the better we know God, the more we honor him. We honor God's name when we speak it with a sense of awe. My uh, grandfather, my, my wife's grandfather, Lauren Swedberg, passed recently in his late 90s, but we fortunately got to spend um, some really quality time with him. For 30 some odd years, 37, 38 years, he was the dean of Nebraska Christian College. He, uh, he was one of those guys that, that was ahead of his time uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, he, he was in college or graduated from college, I believe, before he was even 19. Um, knew everything about the Bible and life in this world and had an intimate relationship with God. And we came to know that not just because of how we spoke God's name, which, by the way, when Lawrence Swedberg said the name God you knew he had a relationship and, a re- and revered that name like no other. He was the epitome of respect for the name of God. And, and I was so, we were so fortunate to be able to be around that. And it reminded us of, you don't speak that name lightly. So I'm grateful for him and many others who do that. It's so counter to our culture today, the way we talk and the way we live. So there was no doubt. Lauren meant it. And so let's stop with a flippant, thoughtless use of God's name that empties it of its value and commit to honoring it in the context of praise, of worship, of adoration, respect, and awe. And I'll say here, and this is, I think, kind of the spirit of how these commandments were written. We can, and sometimes it's appropriate, to offer suggestion, Right? Hey, why don't you think about doing this? You ought to consider this when we're giving advice. That is not the case with these commandments. And it is not the case in how Jesus approached sin, right? Woman at the well, go and sin no more. It wasn't, hey, why don't you think about the next few days not sinning anymore? It was stop sinning. And in the same way, stop using God's name in vain. Just stop it, all right? Don't, don't just think about it, maybe. Just stop it, okay? Um, That's the challenge for all of us when we consider how we speak. Finally, we want to know God's name. We want to respect and honor God's name. But as we talked about, going back to that that Hebrew interpretation, we want to carry the name, all right? This, This is where it moves from head to heart to hands, and we carry the name of our God, as in Micah 4, 5, to all the nations, So that all the nations may walk in the name of their gods. But we will walk in the name of the Lord our God. The God. Forever and ever. So when we carry the name of God. This this is what it looks like. We, We make him known. We make him famous. Our name doesn't matter so much anymore. Our recognition. Our praise. No. God's name only. The audience of one in our worship, right? 
the one who deserves all praise and all adoration. We make him known to the nations. We proclaim him. We bear his image to our kids and our family members and our neighbors and our coworkers. When they see us, they see our God through us. We walk in a manner that's worthy, as scripture says, not by our power, but the power of Christ in us. We worship with a sense of awe and mystery. I hope when we sing in this room and from wherever we are that there is this overwhelming sense of wow, God. Because our worship can become very passive, very flippant, and they just roll off our living. Worthy, worthy is the name. And we respect and honor him. We serve. We carry the name when we serve those folks out there building those beds yesterday, man, they were carrying the name. And it'll carry into the lives of these families when those beds are received. And so we serve the least of these by humbling ourselves and putting others first. And in all of this, when we serve, when we worship, when we go out, we love. And we love like nobody else loves, right? I mean, we love in a way that is filled with truth and with grace. And we forgive not, not, not counting the cost, not calculating what's this gonna do if I forget. We just forgive through our love. And so may our words, may our deeds bring honor and glory to our God and his great name. In fact, I want you to stand up with me, all right? Yeah, stand up, wake up, whatever, all right? Yeah, and... Uh, you, you preach this with me, not to your neighbor, but to yourself, all right? Let's start with our, and then we're gonna make it we. Say it together. May our words and deeds bring honor and glory to our God and his great name. Now, I want you to put my in place of our, okay? Ready? May my words and deeds bring honor and glory to my God and his great name. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into, into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Jesus' name, amen.